Hey everybody, this is Nicholas Bear here on the Three Points Podcast, solo podcast tonight, so no Charlie, no Brady. Um, I am dedicating this entire podcast episode to the Jurgen Klopp announcements. Um, Jurgen Klopp, the head manager at Liverpool, announcing that at the end of the year he's going to be stepping down, so I um, I was on a flight back home from a work event in Denver. I was in the airport around like 4.45 a.m. and I was just checking Twitter in between and I saw, I think I bleached your report, put it out that Jurgen Klopp was stepping down. At first, I honestly thought it was a fake account or like some spam or I uh, didn't think much of it. And then I just saw it continue to roll through, it came through the original or the official Liverpool account and was just completely bummed out. Um, so I'm going to dedicate here the next 15, 20 minutes um, talking a bit about kind of my experience on a personal level, um, you know, supporting Jurgen Klopp and what it means to me, um, kind of highlighting his time at Liverpool. Um what success he's had and uh, how he's impacted the club. And then lastly, going to finish off kind of what these next three months are going to look like um, as a whole. So I I know I said I was so bummed. I love this man so much. Like he completely was the like first person that I really started falling soccer for. So I, his reign started here at Liverpool 2015, 2016 was when he joined. That's right around the time that I started to get into soccer and following it really closely. When I was first looking for a team, this his Liverpool team jumped out to me right away just because they were so chaotic. They were there was so much action. Um, when I was first starting off watching, I wanted to just I didn't want to fight a team who was winning one nothing. And that certainly was not this Liverpool team in 2015, 2016. They were I remember the Norwich game, they won five to four. There's nine goals. There was always calamity at the back. You always had to be on your toes. Um, pacey forwards going forward, scoring goals. Um, it was really rock and roll football. And it was something that immediately I fell in love with right away. So um, I attribute kind of like my Liverpool fandom directly to Jurgen Klopp. And um, I would say it's hard for me. It's just even hard to like, they're just synonymous for me so far. Like in my experience, just being a, a soccer fan um, between Jurgen Klopp just represents Liverpool to me. So it's going to be a, a completely big change, but just on a personal level, I think like, you know, Jurgen Klopp and what he's done at Liverpool has been, you know, something that I've really appreciated during like some like the harder, you know, parts, um, you know, over the last eight or nine years for me. Um, you know, I think like providing things to look forward to during some really difficult times. When I think about some of the Champions League runs um, that they made when maybe on the basketball side, when I was playing, when I was playing hoops, like we weren't doing so well, but I knew I could, I had something to look forward to with um, Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp that way and just playing, you know, fantastic European nights. And then, you know, especially in, in COVID as well. Um, you know, that was the year that they that we won the Premier League um, in a time when there really wasn't much going on. Some Premier League soccer came back and it was something that I was always able to look forward to and always um, kind of rely on um, to be a bright spot in my day during a difficult day or a difficult time. One other kind of personal anecdote, I remember um, when my dad was sick uh, a little bit last year, like towards the end of his days, we were watching, um, we were watching a Liverpool game and my dad didn't know jack about soccer at all but um after it was after a it was a big win i forget exactly who it was but it was about a year ago um and Klopp came out after the win and went over to the stands and did his classic three fist bumps and the cop was um just responding to him super well and super energetic and my dad who doesn't know anything about soccer was just amazed by it he's like that was awesome he's like, i don't even know who that guy is. is that he's like is that your coach or whatever i was like yeah he's like yeah, I can like, he's awesome. That's just, he kept, he kept saying he's awesome. And uh, just from a guy who really doesn't follow soccer hardly at all, but was just able to kind of recognize, you know, that's somebody that we was made soccer fun. 
for my dad and obviously for me as well. So um, now I kind of want to take a minute, um, dive in a little bit to just highlight his time at Liverpool and what he was able to do um, from a success standpoint. Um, kind of like before, um, you know, Klopp came in, Liverpool's like league finishes perennially in the fifth through eighth range. So um, the five years previous finished seventh, sixth, ninth, seventh, one year of second, and then sixth. Um, so one Champions League qualification in five years previously before before Klopp joined. And then um, after after Klopp joined, first full year, fourth, fourth, second, first, third, second, fifth, and then currently in first place right now. So qualified for the Champions League six out of seven years, six years in a row until, um, or five years in a row until last year, um, which is pretty amazing and pretty important from the scale of how Liverpool view themselves as being a perennial European powerhouse. Um, you got to be able to qualify for the cha- like best competition in the land. So um, just being continuous, you know, qu- qualifying for that continuously was huge, both from a revenue standpoint for Liverpool, but also just from a brand perspective as well. But um, to kind of achieve those results, like I think he provided such a clear vision of how he wanted to play, um, you know, looking at, you know, four, three, three formation playing with pacey forwards, um, engines in midfield um, who are really box to box guys and just a demand for that high, high press, which has been fantastic for Liverpool. Um, been a trademark of Jurgen Klopp of just continuous energy, energy continuous drive. Um, and obviously the defense, like when we first started off, the defense wasn't super great. Um, it was pretty shaky in the back between both goalkeeping and center back play, but brought in, um, you have Virgil van Dijk, Allison Becker, um, and shored up the defense a little bit to where, um, you know, it just lended itself to being able to play that heavy metal football and that high press. So, um, just some real staples about how you know, Jurgen Klopp wanted to, wanted to play and was easily identifiable for both fans, supporters, um, People who didn't support the club, you just knew what you were getting into um, when you were playing Liverpool. So um, after kind of like, I know you discussed some of the league success, but um, you know, also European success as well. Um, so think, I think of, you know, that night against Dortmund in the Europa League coming back at Anfield. And for those of you who haven't followed you know, kind of Liverpool as closely, we really pride ourselves in having like very important European nights. European nights at Anfield are some that are always very special. So those European home games and the knockout rounds or something that, um, you know, Anfield always gets up for, but it's like the penultimate European night and you're in Klopp's career is against Barcelona. So the, um, you know, come from behind Champions League semifinal at home against Messi uh, was down. We got, we lost three Oh in the first leg, came back one, four nil at Anfield. That place is rocking. That's probably the most fun I've ever had watching a soccer game. Um, I was losing my mind on the couch and just, the magic and belief that he instilled both in the club and the players, even that, even after being down three nil, um, I believe his exact words to the team were, you know, if we're anybody else, I would say it's impossible, but because I know you boys, I know you guys can do it. And you're the reason that I believe and have faith. And they did, they went out and won four nil. Um, and then went on to win the champions league against, um, Brady's Tottenham Hotspur. So, um, which is a huge success, huge success that way. But I think when you're also thinking about your Klopp, like, taking it from Liverpool where they were to where they are now. He really did a fantastic job of making Liverpool a destination for players in the transfer market. Um, for those of you who don't know, Liverpool, I mean, it's in the Northwest England. It used to, it's kind of an older city, a port city used to be big in like, you know, mid to late 19, mid like 1900s or so, but 
Um, since then now, obviously like London's a huger, like a well, huger, <laughs> a lot larger, um, you know, destination for both, you know, domestic players in England, but also just players from Europe. But when you're evaluating play, like clubs to, to play in, you know, there's a lot better destinations. You can play in Spain, you can play in you know Italy, play in Germany, but the way he was able to kind of transform Liverpool, really making a destination for people who were on maybe the cusp or like, maybe I could join Arsenal, I could join Chelsea, but a lot of times selecting Liverpool because they said, I want to play for your club. You're like talking with this guy, like he is going to be able to progress my career and I want to go play there. I want to go play at Anfield under your club. And that was a huge shift from frequently missing out on, you know, players in the transfer market are kind of like free, frequently getting second best. And not that we've gotten every single person, but I mean, looking at like, you know, Virgil van Dyke, Fabinho, Allison Becker at his, you know, pick the litter of places he could have gone. Um, some really huge signings, and especially even more so recently, um, with Klopp being the driving factor behind, you know, the reason guys are coming there. So, um, on another note, too, just like from a success standpoint, he's literally won the lot. He's won every competition um, possible to play in during English football. So, um, we've won the Champions League, like, like I noted, won the Premier League for the first time in 30 years for Liverpool. Um, won the FA Cup, Carabao Cup, won the Club World Cup, Super Cup. I mean, you name it. Every single competition he's won except for the Europa League. That's the only one he hasn't won. Um, lost one final um, in his second year, but we, um, we're we currently in the Europa League knockout stages, qualified for that right now, and um, have a good opportunity to you know get that title as well and in that final in Dublin, which would be great. So um, just to say, like, you know, from going to finishing, barely qualifying for the Champions League to winning, Literally every single um, competition possible is just highlights the success that he's had and the impact that he's had on the club. Um, one other thing I like to look at when I'm evaluating either managers or teams is, you know, how do you do against your rivals? And looking back at this, you know, the biggest rival of Liverpool um, historically has always been Manchester United. That's always been um, kind of the they've been they were like higher on the perch before um, Klopp got there, and it's not even remarkably close how much further ahead Liverpool are now. I wish Charlie Rose were here to be on the pod to be able to talk about it a little bit, but um, Liverpool finished ahead of Man U five of the last eight full seasons that Klopp's been in charge um, consistently, especially over the last few years. I mean, beating them handedly the seven, no game last year, five nil um, at Man U, like hanging on their largest losses in this rivalry's history. Uh, and overall being in a lot better space because of how you're in Klopp's been able to run, run this club. So um, so I look at that as being a huge um, you know, thing to look at as well. Consistently finishing above Arsenal and then Everton, you know, not even remotely close to the success Liverpool have had as they're currently facing relegation. So uh, the only, I would say the big rival, obviously, during the Klopp area is Manchester City and Pep Guardiola. So that's been the kind of iconic rivalry, I would say, of this generation. Um, I would say I'm definitely going to miss the Pep Klopp post-game hugs. Like, those two have such crazy respect for each other. Um, it's almost annoying. Like, I almost kind of wish they would um, you'd be a bit more annoyed with each other and get a bit more fired up. But um, just the respect level there between those two um, is pretty incredible. So, um, I want to talk a little bit now, kind of, like, round out, you know, the importance of the timing of all this and what it means for the rest of the season for Liverpool. So, it was – I mean, it's announced at an interesting time. So announced here late January, allegedly, you know, he mentioned he told the club in November uh, that he wanted to finish out the season and then be done, um, highlighting that, you know, he'd like to rest, 
Um, you know, he can't do his full job on three wheels. He just doesn't have the energy to continue to, you know, do the job at the high quality that um, requires for a club like Liverpool, which, I mean, tore my heart. I mean, just because, like, you know, seeing how much energy he's poured in and just being able to sit, like, from his perspective, just saying, you know, I can't do it to the best of my ability anymore. Um, I'd like to highlight how rare it is for a football manager to go out on their own terms to, like, like this never, I can't remember a time where this has happened in any club football really since I've started following soccer where a manager has said, this is like, I'm just going to be done at the end of the season. So let's make the most out of all this kind of like I'll, uh, the last dance almost, um, but kind of like midway through the season, which I think is going to be really cool. But like for the most part, soccer managers, they either get fired, they get sacked or it's kind of like a mutual like, hey, like, you know, probably just like, you know, finish up here and resign, like wink, wink. But this, like, I mean, the club is obviously allowing him to, to, you know, finish out, but um, I mean, he signed an extension through 2026 was hoping that he'd be able to stay here. And also looking at, you know, it's not like this team is struggling. This team is doing really, really well, completely rejuvenated the team in the summer transfer market, signed a big, like reloaded in midfield. This team is primed for a long sustained run of success. It's not like it's on its, last leg in some senses where you know, like we hope we they just got to make the most of this and then the team's going to like crumble and we got to completely re- rebuild. Like we kind of, we pretty much rebuilt this past summer and we're in a good position to compete for many years to come. So that part was pretty surprising to me that he's deciding to leave knowing that he's got a team that's full of really solid players that that's going to continue to compete for a long time over the next couple of years. So um, I would say the results of these next three months while like, they're not going to determine how great of a manager he was. Like he's going to get a statue or they're going to name a stand after him. Um, there's going to be some sort of recognition at Anfield. He's one of the greatest Liverpool managers of all time. Um, but I do think these last three months matter in a real way to Jurgen Klopp. In his press conference today, um, he said, in my mind, the best memories are still to come. And I completely support that. I think the thing just thinking about you know, these next three months or to the end of the season, like the fair criticism, I think so far of the Klopp era has been like Liverpool actually probably should have won more. We probably should have had, should have had more um, trophies. For example, I'm, um, you know, I've talked about all the success, but you know, some of the disappointments lost two champions league finals to Manchester to uh, Real Madrid one based on Kerry's goalkeeping, um, a couple of howlers in, and then Thibaut Courtois standing on his head. Um, and losing one nil there. Um, I mean, you look at Manchester City. I know there's a rivalry. People are talking City pool, but I mean, Man City have won five of the last six Premier Leagues, Premier League titles, and Liverpool have finished second and second behind them a couple times and by one point. So razor thin margins, but I mean, still finishing behind you know Manchester City and currently in a position this year where we're in first place. You know, we ha- we're in the driver's seat right now, and we have a chance. Obviously, we're going to play Manchester City again later in the year, but you know, between now and the end of the year, like we're in a really good position to be able to compete for not just the Champions League, but I mentioned you know, kind of the quadruple is on with the Carabao Cup. We're in that final against um, Chelsea here coming up in a, in a month or so. Um, still having the FA Cup, Premier League looking good, and then obviously qualifying for the round of 16 in the Europa League. So I think it's going to be a mad dash. Like I'm very much looking forward to this, like, you know, kind of like last ride here with Jurgen Klopp. I think um, it's going to be really important for him to kind of finish out with some strong silverware, not in the sense like how he's going to be remembered, so to speak, but more so just like, 
I think going out on a good note and being able to say like, you know, I delivered a Premier League title and that's kind of like riding off into the sunset, so to speak. So um, that's my, obviously my hope um, for him, but um, super sad to, you know, see him go. But I do think, you know, kind of finishing this season with some trophies to kind of put an end to a little bit of that underachieving narrative is important. But um, one last note here I want to finish on. Um, I think the connection that Jurgen Klopp has with supporters is the most unique and probably strongest connection um, of any manager I've seen in the league. Um, and even more so than Pep Guardiola, I would say. Um, I mean, he's consistently bringing energy, pumping up the crowd, tr- like requesting more energy, more noise. Like, I I mean, I've seen this guy run up and down the touchline, you know, clapping, like getting the crowd into it. Um, even like maybe we missed a chance or so, but like just consistent energy and like the, cl- and the crowd like realistically like, responds to him in a way I haven't really seen um, from, from some other clubs. But um, I know obviously um, – Never Walk Alone is always special, and I'm looking forward to heading over there um, to England here with with Charlie Rose. We're heading over here in April, um, so I'm super thrilled that we're going to get a chance to see him uh, in this kind of like you know last season. I'm really thrilled that we're going to get a chance to see him and um, to see a couple of games there. But I know I mentioned earlier kind of the Jurgen Klopp fist pumps um, t- to the cop end or the way end, um, you know, after games and pretty much after big wins and. Um, those are my favorite and I'm just, I'm going to be tuned in. I'm going to make sure that, you know, throughout this, these last few months, I'm, I'm going to enjoy every, every fist pump towards the cop that I, that I can just cause I know how special a manager he is and we'll never see his like again. So um, we'll be following here closely and you'll never walk alone.